Hi, Creative. It's Lauren here. I just want to remind you that if you love the podcast, the best way to support the show is by leaving it a rating and review on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. Actually, Spotify just started accepting ratings. So go ahead and rate it on there and tell all your friends to do it because it's super simple. It takes literally one second. I mean, maybe four seconds, but it's really quick. And uh, another great way to support the show is by sharing it with a friend or posting about it on social media. If you do post it on social media, tag me at Lauren LaGrasso and at Unleash Your Inner Creative, and I will repost to share my gratitude. And remember to tag the guests too, so they can also share. Okay, now let's get to the show. Do you feel overly attached to outcomes? Do you ever struggle to tolerate discomfort and because of this, just give up? Are you struggling to find your purpose and the why underneath what you want? Then honey buns, you are in the right place. Hello, and welcome to Unleash Your Inner Creative with Lauren LaGrasso. I'm Lauren LaGrasso. I'm an award-winning podcaster and multi-passionate creative, and this show is meant to give you tools to develop enough self-love, self-trust, and self-knowledge to go after whatever it is that's on your heart. AKA your dreams. That's dreams with a Z. The show explores the creative process, self-development, mental health, spirituality, as well as everything it means to be a human and become more human. Today, I'm sharing some revelations I've had these past few weeks, and they have to do with the importance of tolerating disappointment, finding your deepest, truest why, and balancing your desire for greatness with the knowledge that who you are is the best thing about you. So the first thing I want to get into is developing a tolerance for disappointment. This came to me actually not because of my creative career, but because of my relationships with humans. I realize whether it's in friendships, romantic relationships, my relationship with my family, I have a really hard time tolerating disappointment. Disappointment feels earth shattering to me and can sometimes make me question everything Even if it's a minor thing, like I just don't have a great ability for it. And so I was going through this in therapy and I realized if I could just increase my tolerance for disappointment and realize that disappointment does not equal failure or does not equal world ending status, then I might be able to move through my whole life with greater ease and certainly my relationships. But it didn't just end with a revelation about my relationships. It also really made me think about my career, and I spoke on this on another episode I did, a solo episode, but I think that so many of the paths that I've been on that I've discontinued that I thought I failed at weren't actually failures, but rather disappointments that I couldn't handle, so I rebranded as a failure and turned around and went in a different direction. I think, especially like thinking about my acting career, if I had had more tolerance for disappointment, I would have been able to go after acting with greater vigor and energy because each little rejection wouldn't have felt like the world is ending. Nothing will ever be beautiful again. These are things that actually go through my head when I feel disappointed. I think nothing will ever be beautiful again because this one thing happened and it was disappointing. And now the whole thing is impure and tainted. And I don't really know any super specific skills I can give you in that area as I'm still developing it myself. But one thing I'm really trying to do when I encounter something that gives me that feeling of everything is terrible, nothing will ever be beautiful again, abandon the ship feeling is to say, okay, what's actually going on? 
I'm feeling disappointed. How can I feel this, move through it, and then go to the next step rather than letting it completely inhibit me from taking another step at all or clench up completely and just feel like everything is bad and totally suck the joy out of any situation. So I'll keep you updated as I go along that journey. But what I really want to call to you right now is to ask you, what is your relationship with disappointment? Do you have a healthy one where you're able to feel it, move through it, realize it's not your forever and go on to the next task? Or do you avoid disappointment? Do you actually like sugarcoat everything and make things seem better than they are and not actually deal with the situation? Or are you kind of like me where you can't tolerate disappointment and every disappointment feels like a failure because it gets blown out of proportion in your head and taken to this extreme level? Like what is your relationship with disappointment? I hope it's healthy, but I have a good feeling that a lot of people don't have skills around this, which is what makes taking a leap so scary because you're like, well, what if I'm disappointed and what if I fail and what, but if we could just develop a tolerance around this, think of how much more we could do with our lives, with our relationships, with just the way we are in the world. So yeah, I would say like, think about where you are, you are at with your relationship with disappointment. Think about how you could improve it and start taking steps. For me, I'm just like every time I get into a disappointing situation, if I start spinning, I stop myself and ask what's really going on? How can I feel this, move through it and like deal with it and then take the next step to get where I want to go in that direction or go in a different direction, but like not rebranded as a failure if it isn't one. <laughs> if it's just a momentary setback. Another thing you know I've been talking about for years <laughs> is separating my worth from what I do. And this has been, I now recognize it as my lifelong battle, but certainly since I've started this podcast, something I've been pondering and spinning on again and again and again, because I just realized how unhealthy it is and how unsustainable it is to think you are what you do. So I had a breakthrough in the past couple of weeks, largely due to one of the shows I work on, which when that episode comes out, I definitely want to share with you because it was groundbreaking, but also just due to my own inner work and like how basically like I feel the past year of my life, I haven't quote unquote accomplished a ton by my own standards. Like it's been much more a year of spiritual growth going inward as my friend Mitra Rabar, who's a frequent guest on the show calls it going into the well and getting some new inspiration and coming back up again. But I've really been going inside of myself and trying to work out who I am on the inside and who I want to be on the inside so that I can bring that to the outside world. And so I kind of have gone to what I would call like Monkville over the past year. I wasn't always successful at it, but I was trying to like live a more spiritual life. And Monkville, I mean like monks, you know, like They're always like praying and meditating and going inward and like trying to figure out the meaning of life. What I realized recently is like, I don't need to be a full monk and I don't need to be a capitalist drone. And what I mean by that is I don't need to be 100% inner peace, inner world focused all the time. And I can't be 100% focused on my output as my worth. I know who I am is the best thing about me, just like who you are is the best thing about you. But also, I know it's okay to have dreams. But the thing where I was getting tripped up where I couldn't figure it out all this time has been that 
I felt like if I didn't get my dreams, my life was meaningless. What I now know from this year of going into myself and having this deep inward kind of battle, but definitely a journey, is what's on the inside, that's who I really am. And that nothing out there can ever change that. I And nothing out there can change the fact that I am a singer. I am a songwriter. I am a podcast host. I am a podcast producer. I'm a writer. I do all these things. Those are parts of me. But the outward validation, that can't be part of me, but I can still desire it. The difference is my worth can't lie in it. But if I don't have these dreams, if I'm not shooting for the stars, maybe I won't even have a journey, which everybody says the journey is everything. So the dreams, the shooting for the stars, that's what takes you on the journey. That's life. But if you never get to the destination, you're still who you are and you're still so worthy. And I've thought these things. I've said these things many times throughout the years to myself and to others and to you. But I actually, I can't explain it, but I know that now. Like I know no matter what happens to me, if if I never get these dreams of like having millions of people hear my songs and like getting out to a deeper platform and writing a book and going on a speaking tour. I want all those things, but if I never get them, I still know who I am is worthy and that I have had an impact on the world just by being who I am. And I wish I could tell you exactly how I got there and how it clicked for me, but I I really just think it was like I had to almost go on like an ego death, a dark night of the soul this past year where I really... I went inward and I at times felt like I had nothing or I've provided nothing. And yeah, I almost like mentally made myself like lose everything so that I could gain everything. It's very difficult to describe, but I guess the most important thing for you to know from this realization is you don't have to be all the way like spiritual woo woo, like self-development world. And you don't have to be all the way like driven hardcore to the floor but the two can meet in the middle and you can still have drive and still have dreams but at the end of the day when you tuck yourself into bed at night know that who you are outside of anything else outside of what you do outside of who you know who you are is the best thing about you how you treat other people is the best thing about you but what you do it's just what's taking you on the journey It's your ticket to the journey. Your dreams are your ticket to the journey. It's what creates the roadmap for your life. But you're still yourself outside of those dreams. Your dreams are the ticket to the journey. But they are not the journey. And they are not who you are. They're an extension of who you are. But if you never get them, you are still the you inside of you. And that is the best thing about you. Okay? I had massive self-doubt like four minutes ago and I had to pause and re-record that. So hopefully it came through. (laughs) I think I nailed it in the end. It took me a second to get there, but I think I nailed it, at least for myself. Hopefully it made sense to you. Okay. So this kind of ties into this whole thought process. And that is how you do something is pretty unimportant, actually. The why is everything. So the messages you want to bring forth, that's the most important thing. Who you want to reach, 
That's the most important thing. How you do it matters not. It's all about the deeper purpose and how you want to make people feel. And this is coming up because I finally got back into the studio recently, which I had another revelation about. But I have some really great songs that I've stockpiled over the past year because I haven't put out a new song in a year. For those of you that don't know, I am a songwriter. My music has been featured in People Magazine, Yahoo, and more importantly, because we are focused on the inner human underneath the accolades, I just love it. Writing music is like the greatest joy of my life, and it's what makes me feel like me is writing and performing music. And I've stockpiled a lot of great songs over the past year. I put out my uh, most recent single, Pretty Little Boy, in October 2021. And I've actually gotten some great love songs, heartache songs over the past year, you know, songs about falling in love because I have fallen in love over the past year. But I was really thinking about it, and I'm like, I've put out heartbreak songs. Do I need another heartbreak song? Or do I want to talk about something that people aren't talking about as much that maybe I could have an impact on and help some people go down a path of self-discovery with? So I have a song about codependency called Walking on Air. And it's really about like my final clutch of codependency in a couple different relationships in my life and letting go. One was a family relationship and one was a romantic relationship. And I've been holding on to this song for a long time. But I finally feel like the conversation around codependency is really coming to the surface. People are understanding it more. A lot of people will relate. When I put this song out on Instagram and TikTok, it like blew up for me. It got like 8,000 or 9,000 views, which is a lot of views for me. And people seem to really be resonating with it. And I'm like, you know, I do want to put out those songs about love and heartbreak at some point. But this song is also a heartbreak song. And it's also a song about love. And it's also a song about recognizing when love has transformed from love to control and when it's no longer healthy. And so it kind of hits all those other topics, first of all. But second of all, what I'm really doing with this next batch of music is being more intentional. It's like it doesn't just matter about the song or the melody or how it makes my voice sound. The most important thing to me is that I'm putting out a message that I feel is of deep importance and could help somebody else feel seen, heal, get help, reach out to a friend, stop being in a bad relationship, focus on their mental health, read Codependent No More by Melody Beatty, these kind of things. That's way more important to me than anything else. And it just happens to be a great song too. But When you're thinking about what you want to share, whether it's your business, whether it's writing, whether it's just a post on Instagram, what you do and how you do it is a lot less important than why you do it and the message you share. And so when you're doing something, especially that takes much more of a push, like putting out music or starting a business or creating a film, writing a book, the why has to be so profound to you and has to feel so deep that you'll go through all the pain of birthing a creative project. So for me, the first patch of music, my why was just like, I need to get my voice out into the world, which was great. That was a great why. Now for me, it's about a deeper connection and about wanting to help other people know who they are and to heal myself and in healing myself, help other people heal and to love and know myself and in doing that, help other people to love and know themselves. 
and love others through the music. So anyway, when you're thinking about putting out a project, remember the why is so much more important than the how or the what. So get that deep why. Another thing on the why, wait until you have a why that's healthy for you. So maybe this isn't always possible, especially when we're younger in our creative journey. I think honestly, like the first why for my music was, I want to do it because it's really important to me and I need to get my voice out there. I deserve to have my voice out there and I hope a lot of people like it. If I'm being truthful, like honestly, I hope a lot of people like it maybe was number one, which is why I think it was disappointing for me because I wasn't going at it with this like, ooh, I get to do music, open heart, excitement, and I'm excited to share my voice. It was, there was that, but I think right underneath it, pushing up against it and honestly taking the lead at points was my desire for other people to validate me. So with this project, I'm being really, really intentional and really, truly, my only goal in putting this out into the world is to share my story, to help build awareness around codependency, to help other people let go of relationships or things that no longer serve them, and to really just like share my my music. Like I'm just super excited to share my music. Another example of this, this is random, but throughout a lot of the pandemic, the first part of the pandemic, maybe like the first four months, I was really into like working out, doing yoga, going on long, long walks, eating pretty healthy. I danced every night. And then actually, so that was like April 2020 through November 2020. That was my process. Then December 2020, I had a surgery. It kind of threw me off my game. I still walked, but I really was not into the idea of working out at all. And as it went on longer and longer, as I got further and further away from working out, I almost developed like a resentment toward workout. Like I'd hear people say they worked out and I would kind of think about like, oh, what losers are just doing that because they think they're supposed to. I had like, I had a really negative association with working out. It wasn't about the other people who are working out. I think people who like to work out are great. But for me... It was a very negative association and I couldn't figure it out until I started thinking about it again. And I was like, okay, I kind of, I want to try this again. Sounds, it kind of sounds intriguing to me, but I'm not going to push it. And I kept going on my walks and doing my thing in that way. And then I heard this woman, Tracy Anderson, who she is a, can be a controversial figure, but I actually really like her. I think she, she's interesting. And I do think her workouts are really cool and different and invigorating. And I think they work. But I heard her interviewed and she she said, you know, I think you have to have a relationship with food, but working out, it's not about like getting smaller. It's about keeping your muscles strong and healthy and like building muscle resilience so that you can be strong up until like your old age. And I never thought of it that way because I'm somebody who struggled with eating disorders in the past and who always looked at working out as a means of getting smaller. I only could ever think about working out as this is what I have to do to fit into what society says a good woman will do, which is be as thin as possible and as beautiful as possible. And I think that was in the back of my head every time I'd work out rather than this is something to help me be healthy and strong and be able to carry my groceries until I'm 90. And when she said that, it was like a light bulb went off in my brain. 
it finally gave me a why that was healthy. And ever since then, I've been working out almost every day in some capacity. I've been doing her workouts, which there's some great free ones uh, via Goop's YouTube. I've been doing the elliptical. I've been going on really long walks. I've been doing some Taibo videos. Um, I've just been enjoying it because I got to a why that was healthy. It was no longer, I have to do this to be small and to be thin and to be beautiful because if I'm not small and thin and beautiful, I am not enough. It was, I want to do this, first of all, not I have. I want to do this because I want to be healthy and I want my muscles to be strong and capable. So that was my why with working out, and that has been super powerful. So I'm now taking inventory of everything I do, why I do everything I do, and how can I get to a place that's healthy and feels true to me instead of something that I am doing to please other people, to acquiesce to other people, to gain enoughness. How can I find whys that are internally driven versus trying to get worth outside of me? So these first two have worked. I'll keep you updated on the rest. But I would take inventory of everything, especially things that you're not doing. And I've talked about this at length many times, but I think it bears repeating because it's something I continually forget. Take a look especially at things that you want in your life that you're not doing and ask why you think you're not doing them, but maybe more importantly, like why you think you should do them or why you like what would be the deeper reason of why you would want to do it? If you have a block in doing it, what would make you want to do it? Like what kind of drive would help you get to a place where you felt like, yes, this is a good thing for me to do and I want to do it because of something that is deeper for me than getting worth from somebody else. Sound good? <laughs> and speaking of a why, I mean, doing something because it brings you joy, doing something because it is a passion for you. These things are incredible wise. And something I've noticed recently is that unadulterated joy and passion rise to the top against all odds. This is an interesting example, but the way I've really been thinking about it is the corn song. Have you heard it? Okay. Recess therapy. It's the most amazing thing. I wish I had thought of this idea. This guy, I believe his name is Julian, goes and talks to these little kids and asks them just like interesting questions about things that they like, things that they do. He asks them one time about like travel, about death, about age. And he interviewed this one kid about corn and it was an iconic interview this kid was obsessed with corn. This other guy took that interview and turned it into a song. It's like, it goes, it's corn, a big lump with knobs. It has juice. It has juice. <laughs> you got to hear it. The song is amazing. It like took over the internet because of this kid's joy and the joy around the song that this guy made. Like, against all odds, this song is blowing up. I think it was, like, number 12 on YouTube. It's gotten millions of views on TikTok. I bet you it will end up on the charts. I'm not kidding you because they just put the song out. If you haven't downloaded it, you should. And it's weird. Every time I listen to it, I tear up. And I think it's just because we get older and we're stressed and we're struggling to find our worth and who we are. And we forget to just enjoy the simple beautiful parts of life, like eating corn with butter on it. And this kid 
is just so into his corn. And the song around it obviously like brought out that joy. And it just shows that you don't have to have this like profound, perfect, well put together piece like joy in and of itself, unadulterated joy and of course cuteness, but unadulterated joy rises to the top. And even if it doesn't, who cares? You still had joy while you were doing what you love. So don't forget to make joy part of your process, whatever your process is. Joy is something you can feel every day. Maybe we can't have like full happiness every day or full peace every day, but every day we can have some peace and we can have some joy. We can find joy in corn. You can find joy in a big lump with knots. That's what he says in the song. It's so good. Anyway, so don't forget joy and its power to rise above the rest. And speaking of joy, sometimes the key to feeling like yourself is just getting back to what you love to do with good people. I was having a really weird week last week. Maybe it was because it was a week before my period. Maybe it was the Virgo season starting to kick in. But I just was being really hard on myself. I was being really nitpicky with myself. I was struggling with a lot of anxiety. And finally, Thursday night, I got back into the studio to start recording my new song, Walking on Air, with my new producer, David, who's incredible. And I just felt free. It was two of the fastest hours I've ever experienced. And it just felt so good to be with someone so kind who also got the song and got me and was like, we were having fun and we were willing to take risks together. And I would say one thing and he would make it so much better and like ping ponging ideas off of each other. And I just felt like, oh, that's what's been missing all week. So if you're not feeling like yourself, try doing some things that have always made you feel like yourself and try doing them with other people who are supportive and great creative collaborators or just great collaborators. Maybe that means going out to lunch with a friend. Maybe it's doing a songwriting session like I did. Maybe it's reading your script with someone. But I think sometimes when we're feeling out of whack with ourselves, the key is just doing what we love with incredible people who we also love. And I want to end it with this. Don't ever forget how many people are rooting for you. I have had so many signs of this in the past week. One was on my Twitter. You know I love my Twitter. So I had tweeted out, because I was thinking about the poodle skirt. (laughs) And I was like, did the poodle skirt actually exist? Or was this just a big hoax? Because it seems pretty unfathomable. And Bobby L., this wonderful woman who follows me, replied back and said, would an interview with the designer of the skirt help you figure it out? It's actually an amazing story. You should look it up. The designer of the skirt is a woman, like, built an empire off of this. She's incredible. And I thanked her. And then Bobby wrote back, you're welcome. As someone who's trying to figure out what would look best on her, I probably need to start reading up on fashion a bit more. It's hard to decide with a still emerging form, I'll be honest. Bobby's a trans woman, and so she's, you know, still figuring out her form and what looks good on her with her new body. And I told, just told her, she does. You look beautiful in your profile picture. Can't wait to see how you continue to develop your style. She said to me, that means so much coming from you. If you'll forgive the gushing, I've been a fan of yours for a year and thought you were the absolute coolest. 
I don't think anybody realizes, especially when you're still in the building stage of your career, which I think even huge people feel like they're still in the building stage of your career, but I definitely do. Um, how much, as my friend Michelle Meredith would call it, early investors mean to you? And you just don't think about it. Like when you're sending things out on Twitter or like putting out a song, you know, doing a bigger thing. How many people, like individuals, care about you and are there to support you and believe in what you're doing and hang on your words even? And it just meant so much to me to see that because obviously throughout the years I've seen Bobby like like my stuff and be very supportive, but I had no idea that like I had made an impact on her and that my words would mean something to her. And that was just a good moment of recognition for me because I think I tend to discount what I'm doing because it's not hitting the millions of people yet. But hitting thousands is still such a big deal. Hitting, not hitting, this sounds wrong, but like affecting is what I want to say. Affecting even one person in a profound way is such a big deal. And I'm actually just like really holding that in my heart right now. Like anyone who's ever told me that something I've done has affected them, that means so much. And just if you're ever feeling insignificant or like you haven't made the contribution you want, think of all the individuals whose lives you may have touched just by being who you are. And then something else happened. Um, Authority Magazine wrote a beautiful article about me and my music career I'll put it in the link in the show notes so you can check it out too. But my uncle Larry, who is the ex-husband, but will always be my uncle of my Aunt Karen, um, his sister, Aunt Kathy, and her husband, Uncle Dan, are always so supportive of me. And they tweeted, or not tweeted, they shared the article on their Facebook. And they're like, this is our niece-in-law. We're so proud of her. She's so talented. And I have to say, too, at my Uncle Tony's funeral, it was obviously terribly sad and a really, really hard time, especially for my mom and my Aunt Marianne, my Uncle Tony's widow. But one thing that really struck me and, like, really just warmed my heart was how many people at that funeral came up to me and told me they believed in me, they're so proud of me for going after my dreams. Like... The support we do have in our lives, we have to take a moment to feel it because we are so lucky. Like, I know it's really easy to focus on the people who haven't supported you, who have discouraged you, who have turned you down, who have rejected you. But when I think about all the people who I am so blessed to have believe in me, I already know I'm a success because I have good people in my life. There is no greater sign of success than having good people in your life. If you have that, if you have people who truly support you, who uplift you, who love you, who believe in you, and who you do the same for, you're doing life correctly. All this other stuff, it doesn't matter. Because to bring it back, who you are is the best thing about you. And how you treat other people, that's a part of who you are. But that your relationship with the divine and your inner self-knowledge and self-trust, that's everything. Love is the only thing that's real, baby. (sighs) I love you so much. Thank you for listening to my ramblings. And thank you for being who you are. 
If you like what you heard, remember to rate, review, and follow the show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts. Also remember to tell a friend about the show. Podcasts are really spread person to person. It's such an intimate medium that a personal reference on a podcast really means more than anything else. So be sure to do that. If you do post about the show, tag me at Lauren LaGrasso and at Unleash Your Inner Creative, and I will repost to share my gratitude. Thanks to Liz Full for the show's theme music. You can follow her at Liz Full. My wish for you this week is you see just how beautiful you are and you deeply remember who you are is the best thing about you. Everything else is great. Have your dreams. Go for your dreams. But remember to always come back to center and come back to how you love and who you are. I love you and I believe in you. I'll talk with you next week. Dun, 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 dun. It's corn, a big lump with knobs. It has a juice, it has a juice. Can't imagine a more beautiful thing.